Hello everyone, welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast, episode 25. Yes, we're back again, it's us, the Sky Pirates of the podcasting world. It is I, your host, the genius of the pie, Duncan Joyce. And I'm joined as ever by my friend with, you know, the yacht-based persona, whatever Michael Cole put it when he introduced Kyrie. It's Kyle Cambray. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, Kyle? I'm great, thank you. Got to meet my favourite band over the weekend. Oh, nice job. That was really, really good. It was one of those moments where I actually didn't know what to say. They came over and like started chatting to a group of us and I was a bit lost for words. I was like, hi, my name is Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. I highly recommend for people to check White Lies out. A few of their songs, if they took away the vocals, I'd probably use some of them as maybe a wrestling entrance. They've got quite oh, good yeah. drumming guitars. We were talking earlier, before recording, about, oh, it's 10 years since this, this, and this happened. 10 mm. years since the debut. Yeah, that's incredible that I've been following a band and going to their gigs for 10 years, and hopefully they'll, they're going to release a 10-year anniversary as well mm-hmm. of the album, so that should be good. Cool. Yeah, how about you? I'm not so bad myself, yeah, picking up some more students, keeping busy. Really? All sorts going on. It's a bit of a belated hello for us right now. Kyle, do you want to tell everyone what happened the last time we tried to record? Oh my god. Well, Bolton University decided to drive a car that they had built themselves, prototype. There was only one of these cars in the whole world and they decided to drive it into a wall. We then had to sit in a meeting and be told this and that and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's why we weren't able to do the podcast, unfortunately, for... The tutor's stupidity. Uh, I saw the Snapchat video of it on whatever Facebook page yeah. shared it. <laughs> like, what is the, going on? All the members of staff that filmed it. Oh, <laughs> 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 my God. Yeah. But it's like TJP levels are still full of that. <laughs> so it's a bit of a grey area of, you know, in the video that's gone all over social media, oh. it, it shows all the members of staff in suits going, yeah, 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 this is amazing. <laughs> just hear this and then everyone goes fuck <laughs> I think very very quickly about half a dozen yeah. people added to their Twitter profiles oh I'll do this this and this at Bolton College views on my own not necessarily <laughs> yeah. the of Bolton College yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ so yeah well such is the fast moving rate of change in the wrestling business right now we're one week away from the next pay per view it's crazy it's definitely not planned we would have Definitely we've recorded it earlier if such things hadn't happened, but <laughs> yeah, it is. It's on Sunday. I'm, I'm actually genuinely looking forward to it. It should be quite a good pay-per-view. The two chamber matches, definitely really, really eye-catching. Yeah. We'll hopefully have our own dedicated episode for that, so I know a lot has happened since the Royal Rumble, which we're going to cover today. Yeah. We've got a really, really long show to cover <laughs> here, so in the interest of brevity, we'll leave out a little bit of uh, all what came after and yeah. save it for next time. Yes, we are looking at the 2019 WWE Royal Rumble, taking place on January the 27th from Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Apparently 48,193 in attendance. A miracle considering that the stadium was set up for 40,000 seats. <laughs> My girlfriend, she had an Uber driver called Chase who was like really, really unreliable. So now anytime I saw a Chase bank in America, I'd just be like... Chase, what a dick. 
I have a similar view of a chase as well. Um, in 24, Chase was Jack's daughter's boyfriend who worked with Jack. And he, just one of these characters that I just could not get into at all. And it's a similar thing. Whenever I see him in any other series now, or I go back and watch 24, I'm just like, fucking hell, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> did you catch any of the kickoff show, Kyle? Yes, I did. <laughs> you don't sound as pleased. <laughs> I just, I, I say this every time, I don't like the kickoff shows. They're just... A bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what I did appreciate this time, though, was they had a few pre-Royal Rumble, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble promos. And loads of those are really good. I really like Nikki Cross's. I really like Drew McIntyre's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Samoa Joe's as well. Fucking amazing. He's He just owns everyone on the mic right now. It's yeah. brilliant. I think that they are so much better than last year's Let's Do a Promo with a Huge Graphic that was implemented on there and similar to like the mix and match tags, you know, that have been really corny. So mm. seeing these where they're very serious and, you know, you know what they're speaking about and they've got a goal, just shows that there are some people out there that can do good promos. Mm. So the opening match on the kickoff show sees the Raw Tag Team Champions of Bobby Roode and Chad Gable taking on Razar of the AOP and Scott Dawson of the Revival. Fucking state of the raw tag title scene. What even was that decision of having them to, you know, no wonder there's rumours that the Revival want to just disappear from WWE. That was an awful booking. Absolutely awful. Yeah, this match is a lose-lose situation. Yeah. If the champions lose this match, what fucking business do you have being the tag team champions you just lost to this makeshift team? Yeah. And if the champions win that just puts more distance between them and the few tag teams of any relative credibility on Raw yeah it baffles me quite a lot how ridiculous WWE writing is Mm. and how they try and pull the wool over our our eyes of oh yeah you you buy into this you buy into this no we won't no no (laughs) The star of the show in this match was the cameraman who fell over during Rude's entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Fab. Oh, speaking of the entrances, by the way, so we're in a baseball field. I really, really love it. I love any opportunity where you have wrestlers coming out for a match, like in the round, so to speak, where the audience are almost in touching distance of them a lot. What did you make of it? I quite liked that. My only... I'm a big stage fan, so I love the big stages. So I'm all for having them come out, come out in the round, like you said, with all the crowd. But I think they could have made a little bit more of the staging. I felt it was just a bit too minimal. Right. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that it was, it was ace how they, they had the entrances. I think it was Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush cut a promo. They were just at the top of the dugout with Charlie and JBL. Yeah. And it looked like those really, really old school promos like with the back to the audience like you used to get on superstars and yeah on the on the little stepping stages yeah that to have. Yeah, yeah yeah that was fab the champions have a, a poetry emotion into a monkey flip by gable that was neat he followed it up with a sunset flip leaping diving arm drag and the old school style head scissors a slingshot into a choke slam turns the tide for well they're not the challengers because the title's not on the line here yeah. but if they win then the winning team gets a title shot. Again, a stupid rule. Yeah. Gable plays the face in peril. 
He turns a second choke slam into a hanging armbar spot and gets attacked to Rude, who hits a spine buster to the Arn Anderson lookalike Dawson. The heels bugger up one of their own double teams because they're just a makeshift tag team, and the champions hit a nice netbreaker and moonsault combination to get the win in 6 minutes 55 seconds. Yeah, weird story. Gable was good, but the heat on him was bad, I thought. Yeah. No disrespect to Bobby Roode, because I, I really do like Bobby Roode, especially his character that he has. But I feel like Chad Gable's wasted in a tag team now. He'd be so good as a singles competitor. And I feel like he would definitely win win some gold. Could do with a manager, I think. Yeah, I just think his, his in-ring skill, he's good enough to be on his own. Yeah. We'll see. Mm. Match number two from the kickoff show was the United States Championship match. The champion Rusev, accompanied by Lana, defending against the former champion Shinsuke Nakamura. What do you make of Shinsuke's Strictly Come Dancing gear? Oh, God. I'm not a massive fan of Shinsuke anymore. I blame WWE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just everything with him at the moment, the way he's acting on camera, the way his matches are, I just think they don't know what to do with him. No. Smackdown has a nasty habit of people just going missing. Yeah. And Shinsuke's United States Championship reign was exactly like that. Weeks on end, not even anything, not even like a promo, yeah. no matches or anything. Just, I agree, they don't know what to do with him. At least Rusev, the United States champion, tears his shirt like a real American. <laughs> so Rusev is aggressive early, but Nakamura comes back with some kicks. One of which, Rusev was like, sat down on the canvas, and Shinsuke's foot just kind of swung in from off camera right round into his face. Yeah. It looked vicious. Fall away slam and a spin wheel kick by Rusev, gets a near fall. Then Shinsuke does a 360 bump from a Bulgarian hammer, before turning a black hole slam into an arm bar. They struggle with the powerbomb counter to that. Yeah. They can't get the footing right and mistime it a bit. Landslide by Shinsuke, his old finisher from New Japan, gets a near fall. He goes to work exposing the turnbuckle, and Lana gets on the apron complaining about cheating. So then the obvious happens, and Rusev knocks her off by accident, yeah. allowing Shinsuke to hit the Kinshasa from behind to get the free and win his second United States Championship after 10 minutes and 15 seconds. As soon as Lana got up on the apron, I knew what was going to happen straight away. It was a match. It happened. <laughs> yeah, I found this quite a pleasant watch. So it wasn't really that much downtime in it. Yeah. And these two have still surprisingly decent chemistry. Yeah. So it's nothing special, but I wasn't like offended watching this. Yeah. The main event of the kickoff show sees a fatal four-way match for the Cruiserweight Championship. The champion, Buddy Murphy, defends against Hideo Itami... Tazawa and Callisto. Aiden English is on commentary for this match. And he did really well. I, did, I enjoyed him, yeah. I don't get the link to the cruiserweights, though. No, I, I don't understand that either, but I think he did a very good job. And apparently, from reading up on it, Michael Cole's quite over with him, you know, wants him to do more stuff. So. Interesting. Anything from 205 Live you want to catch reviewers up with, Kyle? Spud, I'm really confused about his character as to him being a straight-down-the-line general manager and being the manager of AOP. Mm. And I'm confused because that's essentially him playing two characters, but he's the same person, and it just fucks with my head. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. It's, it's like 
before NXT was like a really super visible thing. They had Biggie as a babyface champion of NXT, and then he was also the heel lackey to Dolph yeah. Ziggler <laughs> at the same time. It's so weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. As for action-wise, it's still good quality. I'm really liking Buddy Murphy. I think that he's a really good champion. He doesn't quite move like the cruiserweights, as in speed and kind of your spot monkey sort of stuff, but the way that he is in the ring and the way that he wrestles, not to compare him to, to Neville, but he's like Neville without the flips, if that is a comparison. My regular recapper of Tro5 Live is ill at the minute. He had to have his leg amputated, he got infected and stuff. Oh. So all our best wishes to Larry Sonka of 411 Mania, by the way. So I've been watching 205 Live firsthand, yeah. uh, just to get a catch up on the storylines and stuff. And he's saying that, the speed and that. Callisto and Leo Rush had a match and it was like a game of ping pong. Yeah. They're going everywhere. To the point where the week after that, Umberto Carrillo debuted against Buddy Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the commentary was like, oh, he's so fast, he's so quick. I'm like, he looks like he's going in slow motion here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I quite like the faster superstars because I feel, like I've said this before on the podcast, that I've, that's the cruiserweights to me. The cruiserweights is speed, agility, spot monkeys, flips, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So if you give me a cruiser match with all that in, take my money. Yeah. So. The other thing I've noticed as well, they don't seem to be doing that much with him now, but yeah. Cedric Alexander really stood out as being a guy that's over compared to when I was last catching up with episodes and stuff. I think the fact that Ali got promoted to SmackDown yeah. has really, really helped boost Cedric's popularity as well. And people like to think, okay, if we really, really believe in him and yeah. show our appreciation, maybe he'll get promoted to a major brand as well. Yeah. Because he, he's basically like the next level performer behind Ali from that brand. My only concern with the 205 guys, luckily with Mustafa Ali, is they've put him straight into the the main picture and they've, they've you know they've gone good what I don't want to happen is like Cedric deserves now the push up is they put him on Raw or somewhere and he just disappears mm. you know I just don't think that's fair if, if they were going to do that I'd just leave him on 205 yeah that's fair enough start of this match Hideo takes a powder to the outside while everyone else trades roll ups Callisto hit a hurricanrana with like way more springboards than seemed <laughs> yeah. necessary. <laughs> like bounced to the second rope, like crashed himself on the top rope, bounced back up to the top rope, bounced back down to the second rope, yeah. and then finally bounced onto the guy. <laughs> Hideo and Buddy trade really, really stiff strikes. Yeah. And then we get like a, a wrestling Rube Goldberg machine here where a tope from Tazawa causes Callisto to hurricane rana Buddy Murphy into the barricade. Yeah. Very good teamwork. Yeah. yeah. A really cool spot. Callisto then monkey tosses Tozawa off the apron and onto Murphy on the outside. Tozawa counters the GTS and hits a tope headbutt onto Itami, which cues dives from all the other guys. Callisto absolutely murders Buddy Murphy with the Hurricane Rana driver. Yeah. <laughs> Tozawa hits Buddy with reverse Hurricane Rana and Hideo kicks out of a Salida del Sol. Then a cavalcade of kicks follows up, which sees Nigel quip. Bye, 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 Caspid. <laughs> and then the champ hits the Kamigoye and Murphy's Law on Itami to get the free and retain his championship after 12 minutes and 5 seconds. 
What do you make to the match, Kyle? I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it. There wasn't a point where I was off doing something else, which I find myself doing on the kickoff show. And yeah, I watched that from start to finish. I really enjoyed it. I really liked the ending. It was like move here, move here, move here. Buddy takes the scraps. It's you know, it's, it was a really good ending. I enjoyed the heck out of this too. Really nice match, full of moving parts, fantastic flow, lots of eye-catching strikes, and stunning like cut-off spots. Yeah. The next episode of Two Hundred Five Live after this, or Hideo Itami exit the company. He's done. Yeah. I think it's a case of they just didn't do anything with him. I think he's. His injuries were, were the main thing. He picked up steam in NXT, got injured. Picked up steam in 205 and got injured again. I just think he, he's just highly unlucky. Whether he comes back in a few years. We'll um, see what happens. On to the main show with the opening video showing clips of past winners. With the opening video showing clips of past women. <laughs> <laughs> On to the main show with the opening video showing clips of past winners and past Royal Rumble moments and hyping up the ultimate prize and the chaos, change, challenge and opportunity of the title matches on the undercard. No fucking about here, opening match for the SmackDown Women's Championship sees Asuka defending against Becky Lynch. Oh, I have waited years for this match. I am fucking hyped. Yeah, it's nice to see them kick off with a match like this because it's always been up for debate of would you rather start the show or would you rather end the show and you know Finn Balor's always been one of those that have said well actually starting the show you want to get the crowd going so Mm. having this to start it good planning yes and I really like having championship matches on the undercard because then it begs the question well what could maybe happen with the challenger later on in the night Mm. (laughs) Spoilers. Becky Lynch is just for fucking business. Yeah. She's hit the niche market with this, the man shtick. She's hit more than a niche as well. Like, I've well, seen yeah. loads of people outside of wrestling, like the bubble who don't follow it regularly, they comment on Becky Lynch. And they're like, yeah. Oh, this looks cool. I think she's got a huge wave behind her at the moment. And I think that she's very clever with this moving forward I think that she will reach the pedestal of not needing to work for her booze and her cheers i.e. Randy Orton I don't think she's there yet but I think she's very very much on her way there Did you catch the ring announcer getting a little bit too into it announcing Oscar? No. He went all Robert Plant he was like Oscar! <laughs> Come from the land of the ice and snow. Oh god! Bloody hell, Greg Hamilton, rain it in. How how did I miss that? <laughs> Jesus! Both competitors scream at each other after getting their first takedowns. Asuka has a great block for Becky's uppercuts, and Becky caught one of Asuka's kits just so they could pelt her with forearms. Really, really cool. That's nip and tuck in the brawling at the opening going to you. Asuka hip-taps Becky off the apron, but Becky replies with a big boot off the apron, and then the Bexploder into the barricade. They kind of lose their positioning a bit when Becky tries to disarm her. Yeah, yeah. And like Asuka's just like flailing, kicking like a baby. Becky dodges a hip attack, but 
Asuka locks Becky in the Asuka lock in the ropes. Mm. So Becky replies with a disarm her in between the turnbuckles. Yeah, nice. A bit more issues with the aim here as Asuka's dropkick barely hits Becky. But she replies with a nice German suplex and a hip attack for a near fall. Armbar by Asuka gets transitioned into an Asuka lock attempt. But Becky gets the ropes, leading to them going splat on the floor, trying to suplex each other off the apron. Yeah, ouch. That looked really, really painful. Yeah. exploded by Becky, but Asuka still kicks out. The top rope leg drop is then dodged, and Asuka tries to disarm her, so Becky locks in the Asuka lock. The disarm her is then countered into them trading pin attempts, and then Asuka does that great thing where she like pounces on someone like a lion yeah. and turns it into an armbar, and then she transitions it into the Asuka lock, and then bridges over into the cattle mutilation Asuka lock, and fucking hell, Becky taps out! Asuka retains after 17 minutes and 10 seconds. As soon as the result happened, I kind of had an idea of what was coming next. Yeah, I, it was a very enjoyable match. Sort of what I expected from both of them, giving it their all, really. Yeah, I don't think there's... there's I've got any negatives to say about that, about the, the match. No. It's a great opening match. Fantastic intensity. It's a really good like tooth and nail fight. They always had replies to each other. Yeah. Asuka goes off the apron. Becky goes off the apron. Asuka steals Becky's finisher. Becky steals Asuka's finisher. Asuka does a finisher in the ropes. Becky does a finisher in the ropes. Yeah. They're just so evenly matched. I had a few like instant qualms to Becky tapping out, but if they did have to have her submit, at least it was to something as disgusting looking as yeah. her finisher from Asuka. Holy crap. It did not look pretty. No. Yeah. And of course, the other thing is, Asuka won this championship in a ladder match, thanks to outside interference. So this kind of legitimises her reign a bit more now. Yeah. So this is very useful for both. Useful for Asuka in terms of establishing a title reign, and useful for Becky in terms of encouraging people to speculate on what her future approach is going to be. Yeah. Even if Becky had have won the match, I think people would have still speculated. Mm. That's always a, a, a fantasy spot I wanted. Like another champion entering the Royal Rumble to force a unification match or something. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, when they had, it was Cena and Orton with the world and the WWE champions. That's the way I wanted them to do that. That would be really good. But the problem is now the, the rosters are too big. I don't, I don't think we could ever go back to just the one, you know, the one champion. Yeah. Unless you brought out a few more lower tier belts. Cracky, we're already a third of the way through the show. How about some NXT UK takeover thoughts? Fucking amazing. Yeah. And I'm very proud of myself. I got Steph to watch it from beginning to end. Oh, wow. You know how difficult that is. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a success. She enjoyed it as well. So... It was only down the road, so I'm back home. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Cole yeah. was like five minutes from London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very enjoyable all the way through. There was a few results that maybe weren't the right choices for me, but I'm looking forward to see where they go with it now. Yeah, highly enjoyable. There wasn't a match I openly disliked on there. Tag title match, I think, was my favourite. Yeah. I enjoyed the No DQ match. Massive of a bloody Arabian press, just out of nowhere. I was yeah. not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. 
that was my biggest shock for how much I enjoyed that match. Yeah. I didn't think that I'd enjoy the match. And yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. Finn showing up. Awesome. Felt a bit sorry for Trav, but we'll have to see what they do with that. Women's title match, loved it. The main event was a bit of a, like a Frankenstein match, really. I love the opening goings that they just kept on a bit too long. Yeah. If they'd have gone home like 10, 15 minutes early, I think it'd be much more fondly talked about. Yeah, and then I, I quite like the surprise. It's, it's one of those like cliffhanger comic book moments, isn't it? You know, mm. everything else finishes and then boom, this is how we're going to finish. Looking forward to seeing where that goes. Yeah, it was, it was quite nice to have this show really because I was getting a little bit fatigued with NXT. Like the double bill format was taking it out of me and I just stopped watching like, yeah. as it happened. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what it is. Like when you have a double bill of two one hour shows as opposed to a single two hour show, yeah. just the energy, it's, it's a bit more sapping because like you reach a top of hour one you're like okay it's done now get to go on and do something else wait oh no wait there's more yeah i know what you mean another issue of mine which i'm glad that they've now decided to do takeovers in the uk is i'm not a fan of the pre-recorded so you know it's good that now 205's gone back to where it should be which means that then when i wake up on a wednesday morning i've got 205 to watch Whereas NXT UK, the results have already come out before that airs. NXT, the results have already come out before that airs. I mean, I still watch them, but it just puts me off watching them because you already know what's coming. So I just have to watch the matches, seeing how good they are, but knowing the results. So at least having an NXT takeover, you can sit there and you can watch it, not knowing what's going to happen. That's true, yeah. Oh, we get a trailer for Fighting With My Family. Uh, Paige... Biopic. I so want to watch this. I actually wrangled a couple of tickets to a free preview screening a week on Monday. Jeez. That's good. In Manchester? Yeah. The showcase cinema stuff in Gorton. Oh, right. I forget what they're called now. It's not show films first, it's the other one. If you find it on Hot UK Deals, yeah, it'll be on there. I'm not sure if you've got a Bolton showing or not, but... Cool. I'm really interested to see how that pans out. Yeah. Second match on the main card is for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Bar, the champions, are taking on the best tag team in the world. It's The Miz and Shane McMahon. McMiz. Mc... <laughs> that sounds like a fucking dodgy McDonald's <laughs> seasonal item, I'm sorry. Just as proof how much the WWE Universe really liked the McMiz name, on SmackDown, when Miz announced... Miz TV and he said what TV is this and everyone went Miz TV and then he came back and he went no it's Muck Miz TV and the audience just went oh <laughs> <laughs> it went down like a lead balloon <laughs> this bollocks all started with Shane McMahon substituting for an injured Miz at the Saudi blood money show yeah and the... they've not let it go <laughs> I really like Shane McMahon, but he's not the best in the world. That <laughs> tournament was fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Miz's dad is in the front row. He's got like a 70s rock band lead singer to him. That's <laughs> For some reason, the bar come out dressed for this match as the filthy animals from around yeah. about WCW 2000. 
Yeah. Deary me. And we get a recap of the bar absolutely twatting their challenges the previous week on SmackDown, including that broke kick to Shane. Yeah. That, that must have hurt. Shane immediately tries to get a receipt at the opening going in this match. Instant spear to Sheamus. And Sheamus is back on. You're a lunatic! <laughs> oh, Miz is out in a baseball jersey just like Shane. Yeah. And thankfully, he actually pays for it as the bar grab onto it to keep him in their corner. Shane saves Miz from going through the table, does a top rope clothesline to the outside on Sheamus. But then he gets taken out by Cesaro, and Miz plays facing peril for a lot of this match. At one point, Shane is like gagging for a tag, and he slaps the top of the ring post. And it was really, really sonorous. Like, I, I looked around my room, I was like, what's doing that? I bet there's something in my room making that noise. Somebody else watching this? Yeah. <laughs> fucking Tom Phillips here saying that Miz dreams of living up to his father's expectations. What kind of shitty dream is that? Oh, Way to bury a guy! <laughs> a really nice bit where Cesaro tries to swipe Shane off the apron and Shane just hides around the corner of the post yeah. clinging on. <laughs> like, yes! People should do this more! <laughs> because it worked and that allowed Miz to get the hot tag to Shane. Shane does his... Crappy punches. Shane, Shane does what Shane does. <laughs> Double coast to coast is countered into the Cesaro swing, but Shane hooks a triangle choke. Miz then shoves Cesaro into the bro kick, hits a skull crushing finale to Sheamus, and Shane hits the shooting star press to Cesaro to get the win. And we have new tag team champions. Yes, Team Daddy Issues win! <laughs> After 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Their first reign as tag team champions, obviously. Yeah. I am ashamed to say this, I really liked it. I really? really enjoyed it. <laughs> Just because I really like The Miz. You know, his, his character. You hate to love him and you love to hate him. You know, it's, it's that sort of shtick with him. My only thing with the match is... When Cesaro has hold of Shane with the broad kick, mm. he's there forever mm. and ever and ever. Like, if you're going to broad kick him, broad kick him. But they had to wait for the Miz to get in to push Cesaro and that just put it off kilt a little bit. But I, 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 it was a good finish. Really good finish. Yeah, fair play for the finish, but this match really didn't do anything for me. I'm kind of bored of Shane. It's only been three years, but I'm just sick of him already. Yeah. I'm bored of the bar. I think that's really? what mine was, yeah. No. I'm, well, I've never been a Seamus fan, so it's going to be hard for me to pull on board. I, I like Cesaro. I think Cesaro's brilliant. I do have a sense of anxiety thinking about the bar wrestle, because apparently Seamus does have a very serious neck injury. Yeah. I'm like, so when are they going to start winding him down then? Because he's just like went on somebody's podcast or something. It might have been his own like fitness YouTube channel. Like, oh yeah, I got that fucked up neck injury that Edge had that made him retire. <laughs> I'm still grand to go the whole, are you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, maybe Edge needs to just give him a call. Yeah. <laughs> a, look, buddy. <laughs> Next, we get a recap of Ronda and Sasha Banks' promos from the previous week's Raw. And then Charlie interviews 
Sasha, and Sasha says that she's just going to make Miranda tap and stuff. What is with Charlie Caruso going all late 90s mean Gene Oakland with a really harsh interview technique? <laughs> like, we've got really mixed messages coming into this feud here. So you have Rhonda telling Sasha that, oh, you need to stop coasting on your own hype. Show me some passion. And then in this interview, Charlie's all like, uh, yeah, no offence and all, but uh, I've been talking to everyone. I think that you're going to lose because you're too emotional. Like, yeah. Which way around is it? Yeah. I think sometimes, depending on how much freedom the wrestlers get, I think they sometimes tie themselves in knots. You know, the writers will give them, go with this, go with that. But then the words that come out of the mouth might not necessarily be what was planned and I think sometimes like with this you know which is which I just think they, they tied themselves in not so much that they were like rah, 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 rah. there was no investment really strange build to a pretty exciting sounding match yeah, yeah. A third of the main card with the Raw Women's Championship on the line Ronda Rousey defending against Sasha Banks I love the early goings where Ronda makes it plain as day. She's got counters ready for Ronda's armbar. Yeah. Makes a big show of it. And in response, Ronda nicks Sasha's pose. Takes the piss out of it. Yeah. Very good. Three amigos by Ronda Rousey. That's counter to a backstabber and the armbar gets blocked again from Sasha. Rousey punches the post and Sasha hits a suicide dive to gain control of the match. That spinny whirly bird Simone drop by Rhonda is apparently called the Piper's Pit now ah okay <laughs> yeah we'll buy with that <laughs> that gets countered into a really vicious over the shoulder arm lock yeah like Sasha knees the post of the nearest arm and then mm. bends the opposite arm back over Rhonda's own shoulder blade yeah that's amazing really really painful Oh, then the bank statement. But that gets countered to Piper's pit. Both women keep focusing on the arm, working towards their finishes. Ronda catches Banks' suicide dive and locks her in the armbar outside. Sasha, of course, taps out knowing it means nothing. Yeah. And that makes Ronda realise, oh shit, i got to get her in the ring. And then Banks is able to regain the advantage. She undoes her sleeve. Her arm is bothering her so much. Yeah. And that then leads her to using that sleeve... Whilst Ronda's in the bank statement. Nice story, mm. as, as it were. Another Piper's Pit gets countered into a tilt-a-whirl crossbody from Sasha for a near fall. Then the bank statement is locked in again. She stomps the fingers of Ronda, a la the takeover match with Bailey. Yeah. Nice callback. But Ronda escapes that with her gut-wrench powerbomb and one last Piper's Pit that didn't really get that much impact, but still finishes the match anyway. So Ronda retains... After 13 minutes and 55 seconds, after a really nice, scrappy, all-action match, lots of great transitions, I liked how similar to the SmackDown Women's Championship match where both opponents were kind of mirroring each other, but they did it in a slightly different way to the opening match. Yeah. This, this is a very good match. Yeah. Let's say we are comparing Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey as being our top UFC unbeatable guys Mm -hmm. I really like how they are making Ronda's matches more believable and making us feel like she can be beaten that's what I really enjoy with Ronda's matches because I I don't feel maybe some when she first came but 
like now, I think every Ronda match, there's always been a time where I think, do you know what, she could lose the belt. That's nice to see, rather than it being so dominant. You know, everyone that she's faced has always give, give as good as she can. But I enjoyed the match. I thought it was really good. Yeah. It shows some respect post-match, only for Sasha to then taunt Ronda with a four-horsewomen pose. It's going to happen, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to happen. Not this year, but you think but, next year. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the, the, the rumours at the moment is that this contract's not doing so well with Ronda, is it? Well, she has a contract until, what is it, 2022? Was it? Yeah, she's got a long-term contract. It's just whether she wants a hiatus for a, a family, yeah. set up a family or something. I don't yeah. know. Mm. But, I mean, Ric Flair said this, spilled the bees on this, like, all the way back in August. Yeah. And then it, it's only become a news item again right now for some reason. Yeah. Shout out to Ronda's makeup, by the way. <laughs> it's cray-cray. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, like, every pay-per-view... Her makeup just gets insane. I pay more attention to her hair now because there was one show, I think it might have been Helena Cell or something, it looked like she had the, the Quake logo braided into her hair. <laughs> <laughs> just have a look to some of the, uh, the promo, shoot, promo shots of Ronda that they use for title matches and stuff because I think they use that iteration of the hair for that. That's incredible. I'm going to have to go and find that. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> match number four it's the women's Royal Rumble match and Beth Phoenix joins commentary good old Beth is she going to say a few names and then they're going to get eliminated <laughs> kiss of death <laughs> we didn't get the chance to watch this show together like last time but yep. Kyle you did get the random number generator out for I did you me and Dave yep you got lucky number 27 for the women's Royal Rumble match yep I got unlucky number 13 yeah. and Dave got number 16. Mm. Going into this match, who was in the running that you thought would be a big favourite? Your obvious ones, Bailey, Charlotte, Naomi. And obviously, in the back of my mind, you always think, is Becky going to turn up? I couldn't see past Becky here. I was really keeping my eyes out. Okay, how is she going to wrangle her way into this one here? Because yeah. of the way her match ended earlier on in the night and also I don't know if you caught she did an interview with Kathy Kelly on WWE Now yeah a live stream that they had on YouTube and she was like talking about the potential of a match with Ronda and she's like it's going to happen it's just going to happen because I'm going to make it happen yeah no matter what yeah so you're highly expecting her to mm. do something here yeah our number one entrant, so traditional, it's Lacey Evans. <laughs> Our number two entrant is Natalia. Evans, she's probably a bit nervous on her debut here and she loses her footing on some of her spots. Yeah. That's what happens when you don't season your food, Lacey. <laughs> number three sends us into Vaseline vision as it's Mandy Rose. What was with that double sharpshooter by Natalia? Good attempt. She's not made it work in years, though. No. no. Stop. <laughs> Number four is Liv Morgan, who is immediately eliminated by Natty, as the Riot Squad are now apparently 2019's Job Squad. Yeah. Seriously, Natty's beat them all like a drum all throughout the winter. Yeah. 
I really like the Riot Squad as well, and I think at the moment they're just they're getting really bad booking. Number five is Mickey James. She runs wild. There's a great scorpion kick. Mm. Number six, Ember Moon. She does a double springboard crossbody onto the pile. Number seven is Billy Kay, but she refuses to enter until Peyton is going to arrive. Yeah. I don't know about you, but it's really weird hearing her speak now. She just sounds like a like a Monty Python Australian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not entering until Martha and Peyton's in! You're not going to get me in that ring! <laughs> I know what you mean. Graves has got this gimmick of obsessing over Mandy Rose and I loved it when Rene just flat out has enough of his bullshit and just calls him a pervert. <laughs> yes. Number eight, Nikki Cross Echiban, you villains! <laughs> she wallops Billy Kay into the barricade and cross bodies everyone in the ring. Does a nice regal cutter to Ember Munn. Oh, number eight is Peyton Royce. And she goes straight for Nikki. Number ten is Tamina, and you can hear the air get sucked out of the building when she arrives. Yeah. Super kick and superfly splash to cross. And then she super kicks Mickey James out. Number eleven, oh, fucking yes, Zia Lee, who goes Mortal Kombat on everyone. Yeah. I love it. One of my favourite moments from last year's May Young Classic. Zia Lee and I think we call her Karen Q on the show, but she sometimes goes as Karen Me. Yeah. I think she has actually reported to the performance centre herself now. Right. But yeah, the, the fucking square off with a traditional martial arts pose and they actually start the match with martial arts and the crowd mark out is brilliant. That's cool. Go and check that match out. You just need the, the, the Mortal Kombat character select screen, you know, where they <laughs> yeah. go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I like that little bounce <laughs> yeah. used to do. Number 12 is Sarah Logan. And Ember Moon is hanging on upside down by the toes of her boots. Incredible. They're the type of spots that if they went wrong, there's no getting back. No. You just, you're out and that's it. <laughs> the Iconics dump out Nikki Cross. As number 13, my pick. Oh, I really fancy my chances now. Charlotte Flair. Everyone goes after her. But that just results in Sarah eating a spear. And then a double basement dropkick by Lacey eliminates both of the Iconics. Yeah. And then Flair hits a big boot to get Zaylee out. Number 14, Kyrie Sane. Oh, Flair eliminates Tamina and then Kyrie squares off of her. I fucking love it. Come on, bring <laughs> it, bring it. Because I went and listened back to our Royal Rumble episode from last year, yeah. and when Kyrie entered that match, Charlotte Flair was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. So it's great to see them interact. I bloody loved that exchange. Insane elbow drop to Sarah Logan. Nice. It's always amazing. And then Natty and Kyrie double team Logan out. Number 15 is the greatest, greatest release request I've ever known. I'm burning up my contract, contract. It's Maria Canellis. She does a double bulldog to Evans and Flair, but then gets Walt with a spear from Charlotte, who tells her, you don't belong in this ring. Yeah. Number 16 
who Dave's got lumbered with, is Naomi. She eliminates Mandy and then keeps her feet on the barricade when she nearly got powerbombed out there. Yeah. Walks across the barricade, leaps onto the steps. But then Mandy arrives again and just gets her off the steps and eliminates her straight away. Massive boobs. They brought her back as Flair eliminates Lacey Evans. Number 17 is Candice LeRae. We probably got more ring time in this match than she did on the entirety of NXT yeah. television this past month. Yeah. Number 18 is Alicia Fox. Maria convinces her that they're mates, only to then stop on Alicia's hat. I, I cannot stand Alicia Fox. I thought it was a bit cringe, this spot. Yeah. yeah. Number 19, it's the American Ninja Warrior, Casey Cantazaro. Go and look her stuff up for them May Young Classic. Yeah. Fox eliminates Maria, and Casey does her awesome springboard handstand head scissors onto Alicia Fox. Just for hang time, it's fantastic. Number 20, dressed as Vega from Street Fighter, it's Zelina Vega. Yeah. And she squares off with Candice and a nice little callback. Yeah. Number 21, Ruby Riot is rejoined by her Riot Squad members who pull out people from the ring without actually eliminating them, which is smart according to Tom Phillips. Ugh, God. As soon as that started to happen, I was thinking we're going to have the same old problems as what we did last year. Mm. We spoke about it in the podcast that we had too many people that was under the ropes and who was in, who was out, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So as soon as this started happening, I was like, "Oh God, not again!" <laughs> yeah, this just leads to Zelina Vega hiding underneath the ring. Ruby eliminates Alicia, and then a double power bomb by Logan and Liv into the barricade allows Ruby to toss Candice out as well. Number 22, Dana Brooke arrives just as Ruby eliminates Kyrie, who does a 360 brother, landing face first on her elimination. Yeah. God, it looked painful. The squad start ganging up on Kyrie just in time for conveniently number 23, May Young Classic 2018 finalist, Io Shirai, to make the save. She does a 619 around the apron and her awesome moonsault to the outside. Yeah, that was nice. Number 24, the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I really like Rhea Ripley. She's awesome. Casey's nearly eliminated, but her feet never hit the floor, so she climbs up from the post like a spider monkey, only to get eliminated by Rhea pretty quickly. Number 25, it's Rainbow Xena Warrior Princess, Sonya Deville. I like Sonya as well. Yeah. She's cool. Rhea dropkicks Dana Brooke out. And then Zelina reappears from underneath the ring to get chased by Hornswoggle. Everyone loves Hornswoggle. <laughs> Hornswoggle chases her all the way back in the ring, which causes Rhea to eliminate Zelina. Number 26, massive pop for a returning Alexa Bliss. She does a moonsault double knee drop to Ember, which looks painful but cool yeah and after an initial struggle she gets Sonya Deville out of the ring number 27 it's your pick Kyle I bet you're ecstatic here it's Bailey another big pop and she cleans house eliminates Ruby Riot and Rhea Ripley 
Rhea took another nasty looking bump there. Yeah, I was so pumped. I was like, oh my god, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. <laughs> Number 28 is Lana. Her ankle is still fucked up from that oh, fall that she took in the go. first match. <laughs> she tries valiantly to join the match, but breaks down in the middle of a rampway and trainers start checking on her. Number 29, Nia Jax is out and she literally kicks Lana while she's down. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Jax eliminates Io after kicking her out of midair in the stomach. Oh, God. Yeah. That looks so painful. Natalia, who's been in an impressively long time, is able to deadlift Nia Jax. That is some feat. Especially after like 50 minutes of wrestling as well. That's like seen a big show level. Yeah. Like, impressive. Incredible. Nia stands the ground and eliminates Nativo. Number 30, the co-winner of the Mixed Match Challenge is Carmella. And then soon after, Becky Lynch arrives. She pleads with Finley in the rampway who's checking on Lana. Let me in, let me in. And Finley obliges! And Becky has replaced the injured Lana! Fucking yes! Fin- Finley got a huge pop with that. <laughs> Nia is in absolute disbelief back in the ring. Yeah. And Becky stiffs the shit out of her. <laughs> After a dramatic fight on the apron, Alexa gets Ember Moon eliminated. And then we get a Bay Mella reunion as they gang up to eliminate Alexa Bliss. Flair eliminates Carmella with another big boot and wisely springs back in the ring with like a small package cradle thing when Bailey tried to attack her on there. So that leaves us with our final four of Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. Nia gets Bailey up with a small drop and Flair boots Nia and the momentum takes Bailey over the top and eliminates Bailey. So I'm the only one with a chance of winning here. I've never been so conflicted in my life. Charlotte tells Nia to stay out of it and let her and Becky work out their issues. Then she nearly murders Nia, dropping her deadlift. They repeat the spot to get Nia on the apron. And Becky, from the outside of the ring, pulls Nia off to eliminate her. But then, oh no, Nia throws Becky off the steps and injures Becky's knee. Officials come out to check on a clearly distraught Becky. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. One ref is about to raise Charlotte's hand, but Becky gets in the ring to break it up just in time. I can go. I can go. Fight me. Fight me. I can go. So badass. Mm. Charlotte goes after the injury and then charges, but gets backdropped over the top. And then Becky quickly follows it up with a clothesline to eliminate Charlotte and win the Royal Rumble. And Ireland goes insane. Fucking yes. <laughs> Becky Lynch is the winner after an epic 72 minutes. Holy shit. That's a very good Royal Rumble. Very, very good. Everything after Lana came out was absolutely gold. Yeah. Tremendous, tremendous storytelling. It had its dips in places, but you had some really rewarding cameos from like fresh people like Rhea and Casey, Candice, Sky Pirates. You had Charlotte and Natalia and Ember with kind of like the glue that kept the match together. 
it's just really, really good. Yeah. I enjoyed the heck out of this. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I really appreciated how they kind of moved away from the Legends like last year. Yeah, I think they had to do the Legends last year with it being the first. I think now that it's on its its own two feet, they can kind of go with their own people now. Yeah, they've done a really good job. Definitely, for me, the most rewarding Royal Rumble victory in 15 years. Yeah, I'll go with that. I literally screamed out loud at like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> seeing Becky win. Someone next door going, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that the last rewarding Royal Rumble win. Redacted. <laughs> Redacted. That, that was mine. Mine was 2002. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> to be fair, come on. <laughs> Nobody expected that. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? So, a few stats and figures from this year's Women's Royal Rumble. The Iron Women. In fifth place was Mandy Rose with 25 minutes and 50 Jesus. seconds. What the hell? <laughs> I wasn't expecting that either. Number four, Lacey Evans in 29 minutes, 20 seconds. Decent. Three, Charlotte Flair, 50 minutes in a second. Good. Definitely one of the MVPs of this. Number two, Ember Moon, 52 minutes, 23 seconds. Mm-hmm. And another really strong showing. And the Iron Woman of this year's Royal Rumble, Natalia, lasted 56 minutes and a second. That's that's really good considering that she's part of the old guard. Good effort. Yeah. That beats uh, Sasha's record from last year as well, I believe. Right. She's making history, Kyle. <gasps> history! <laughs> as far as eliminations go, in joint fourth place are Nia Jax and Bailey who got three eliminations, one of which was with the assistance of someone else. Joint second were Ruby Riot and Rhea Ripley, who got three individually by themselves. And the top eliminator in this year's Royal Rumble was Charlotte with five. Woo! Woo! We then get a plug for Golden Crisp by WWE's resident cereal experts for New Day. And there's apparently sweepstakes to go to Fastlane. Interesting. Then we get the video package for the WWE title match. It highlights the new Daniel Bryan and his straight veg society. Fuck's sake. I love it. It's amazing. Vince smacked AJ across the face with a slap trying to motivate him. And he kind of sounded like Stan's grandpa from South Park. (laughs) God damn it, Billy! I want to see the animal! <laughs> massive, massive props to Daniel Bryan for saying that a future with AJ Styles as champion is an ignorant future. One day after AJ went on some dipshit MAGA podcast, <laughs> being all confused about the <laughs> Gillette commercial. Did you see the promo that Daniel Bryan cut on the Royal Rumble burger? Yes. On the pre-show. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this is why I really don't like the new Daniel Bryan. What? Sacrilege. Oh my God. No, 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 no. It's just, it's real life Daniel Bryan times a thousand. It's fucking ridiculous. I really, really don't like it. Oh my God. I think it's amazing. All those promos that he cuts where he looks like the guy from the Aqualung... Vinyl sleeve by Jeff Rotol. 
He looks like someone's vegetable has just become human. <laughs> like some gardener has just picked a beetroot up and Daniel Bryan's just grown eyes and it's like, oh my God, we've got to eat healthy now. <laughs> I will admit, though, with the burger promo, it felt like a bit of a logical loophole or whatever. It's like, look at this burger. All of these animals that have died for your greed and, and all this. And he stomps it on the floor. It's like, okay, so all those animals have died in vain then. Yeah. Give that to a homeless person as someone who can't afford to live, live by a, yeah. a, a, an environmentally sound lifestyle. Yeah. It feels a bit like to me when you get those sort of environmentalists that block the road to protest fossil fuels. Yeah. Thus causing everyone on the road to be stuck in standing traffic and burn more fossil fuels than if yeah. they'd have just been left to go about their journey. You know? yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Oh, so that's about two thirds of the way through the show. So before we get to the WWE title match, let's talk about the night before NXT TakeOver Phoenix. What's your feelings on that show? I really enjoyed it. I really, really liked the outcome of the Ricochet match. I thought that was, that was my favorite match. That was really, really good. New tag team champions. Mm. That's nice to see. I'd like to see where they go forward now with Undisputed because they did an interview with Adam Cole and he was saying that 2019's their year to win everything. Well, they're now two belts down. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see where that, that goes. I was a bit gutted there was no Velveteen Dream. I know he was there in the audience, but I really like to see him wrestle. But yeah, overall, it was really, really good. Alistair Black, Chomper wasn't the main event that I wanted it to be just lacked a little bit than the usual takeover main events but overall I still like 4.8 out of 5 like right. you know it's still a ridiculously good show hmm. I have to say didn't really stand up compared to other takeovers for yeah. me tagged title match is my favourite fucking incredible Yeah. the chemistry that they had together the crowd was super super into it and then the crowd just seemed to die after that for really, really large parts of the show. Mm. Cassius Ono and Matt Riddle didn't really do anything for no. me. Nobody bought that Cassius could win. Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Not up to the standard of other Gargano or other Ricochet matches, I felt. Mm. Like, they had a bit too much of the what voices of wrestling would call the theatre kid yeah. stuff where they're doing sequences in like that really like a naturalistic reaction i'm not quite sure yeah i was a little bit hesitant on that women's title match i really really enjoyed not quite up to the standard of other shana title matches but still yeah nice work and yeah the, the main event i, I quite enjoyed again I, I don't know about like nxt main events now they feel a little bit too long in the tooth mm. kind of like the nxt uk one the main events now feel like a show in itself. The match itself is now so long and there's so much stuff that happens in it yeah. that it could just be like a, a Sunday night heat, you know, that they did. The main event just feels like it, it should be on its own without anything else following it because you're already tired, ready for the main event and then when the main event comes, it's then so long, you just... Yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Mm. On to our fifth match of the main card. With the WWE Championship on the line, 
Daniel Bryan defending against AJ Styles. Big back body drop early on by AJ Styles gets zero reaction because everybody's exhausted yep. <laughs> <laughs> from the emotional high of a women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. Bryan flapjacks AJ into the ring post and starts to work over the arm, including a nice butterfly suplex turned immediately into a short arm scissors, which again gets no reaction. Dropkick in the pump handle backbreaker put AJ back on the front foot and he starts targeting the leg, thinking towards a calf crusher. Yeah. Dragon suplex by Daniel Bryan gets a near four. They're really pulling out some very different kind of offense in this match. Yeah, it's just weird that the offense that they're using is what a normal audience would be going, ooh, that's good, ooh, that's good. But it's just flat, just mm. really flat. On the outside of the ring, AJ blocks an Irish whip and does the Asai Moonsault reverse DDT from the barricade. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's incredible. Springboard 450 eats knees and Brian hooks the label lock, including fish hooking on the face. <laughs> Now, come on, Brian, do unto others as you would have do to your animal friends. Yeah. It gets counter to the calf crusher, but Brian gets the ropes. He starts going all Charlie Murphy on AJ's arm and stuff, but his leg gives out. Yeah. And then AJ flips out of a top rope superplex, hits a banana split buster and locks in the calf crusher again. They fight for ages over a backslide. Like, <laughs> before AJ gets a brain buster, which gets a near fall. With both men down, out comes craft beer specialist Eric Rowan. Oh my word. Brian kicked the referee by accident, which allows Rowan to come in with the Kerry Von Eric claw. It's a claw, Kyle. A claw! <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can stop the claw! <laughs> run, boy, run! Save yourself! <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> it turns it into a choke slam, which allows Brian to get the win and retain his championship after 24 minutes and 35 seconds. Immediately after the match, Brian hits the running knee to get the exclamation point that the yes movement is dead. Long live the straight veg society! Oh my word. Thoughts on the match in general? Wasn't one of the best AJ Styles matches I've seen. Daniel Bryan wrestled the way that he would normally wrestle for me. Very technical. But I just, I don't know, there was something missing from the match. And it didn't help with Rowan coming in. If Daniel Bryan's supposed to be this super badass wrestler that he's now saying that he is because of his vegan ways that he's going, surely he doesn't need any help to win a match. Bad guys lie, Kyle. Fuck bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... Oh, I don't know. I, did, I wasn't a fan of the match and I'm not a fan of... The storyline at the moment. I take it you're not a fan of the hemp WWE Championship as well, then? <laughs> no, that can get fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right, I, I tell you what I really don't like, and there's a word for this, so some of our scientific listeners 
might know the word of it, but what's it called when you just don't like small holes or small stones? Oh, yes! Jesus Christ, it creeps me the fuck out looking at that belt. Oh, shit, who was it now? Somebody was on... I think it was on Graham Norton. And it was like, I have a phobia of, like, sponges because they have lots and lots of tiny holes in them. I have something called tripophobia, which is if You're you if, if you were to no not tripe. <laughs> no, but it is a it is a tripe. Yeah, and I may be mispronouncing it. Some people say tripophobia, some people say tripophobia, yeah. but it is basically the fear of holes. And and when the, wait, a minute, oh. wait a minute, wait a minute, there are holes. No, but you're okay with a single hole. <laughs> no, you like a single hole is fine, isn't it? How does um? <laughs> how does that work? A single hole is okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I guess. But a hole next a to a hole. A hole when they're like smashed next to another hole, and then there's like another hole on top of it, and then another hole there, and they're all like a hole. Have that in your head the next time you look at the belt. There was one glitch, I think it was on one of the MLB for show baseball titles, and it took like one of the players' faces and it inverted it into its own skull. And it was just like this like inward spiking of skulls with these these eyes coming out of it, and it (laughs) gave me nightmares. Oh my god. Apparently, Luke Harper is supposed to be on his way back, so does that mean he's going to become environmental as well? Or God. This match, it was a shadow of the match that they had at TLC. That was fantastic. Yeah. It was littered with great moves, but it was too long, severely dragged, and the crowd were just far too exhausted after the Women's Royal Rumble. I would swap this with the SmackDown title match. The yeah. Shane and Miz one. I was even going to say, if you were swapping matches, just swap this with Finn and Brock. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, yeah. Just... I'll, I'll see where you're coming from. Yeah. But I guess we'll only see it when we cover the match. Yeah. Next. Then get an advert for WWE 24 WrestleMania New Orleans. I really enjoyed that promo. Yeah. Really good. Oh, I was quite alright with it, yeah. Main thing that I got out of that was Brock's a fucking twat. <laughs> How didn't... dare you throw the belt at Vince? <laughs> I you love... fucking asshole. <laughs> I love Vince as like, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it just didn't go anywhere. No. It's just like, okay, here's the clip. <laughs> I care to elaborate, you know? I really enjoyed it, but that last bit was just like, you fucking asshole. Yeah. I just liked it because Heath Slater was once again uh, oh, keeping the legacy yeah. of the WrestleMania baby. <laughs> Woo! We're alive. Yeah. I forget what exact verbiage he used this time, but it had evolved even more yeah. from, from last year. <laughs> oh, and then we get an advert for Halftime Heat. Shitting on Maroon 5 and plugging the six-man tag team match that they had. Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet against Adam Cole... Champa and Gargano. I mean, let's be honest, even if that match was utter shite, which it wasn't, it was a very, very good match, but even if it was utter shite, it was still much better than Maroon 5 and what shit shower of a show they put on. So... I'm not a football expert, but... (laughs) (laughs) Here we go! (laughs) But as far as the halftime shows go, it used to be they get someone and they were a big enough name to pull it off themselves. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, 
Bruno Mars is going to do the halftime show. Except half of it is going to actually be the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. yeah. Maroon 5 are going to go to the halftime show. Except half of it is actually going to be this overact with the mates and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was utter diabolical. And luckily for us, the lads did amazing anyway, so. Yeah, I really enjoyed that match. I especially enjoyed HBK on commentary. Yeah. What's his name? Vic Joseph was like, oh, here's Velveteen Dream. He's kind of like you, ain't he? And Sean was like, mate, to even compare him to me puts a ceiling on his potential success. Yeah. Like, holy fucking shit. Sean really thinks highly of this guy. Yeah. For Sean to say that, to even think that Velveteen Dream would even get to Sean's like height for there to be a ceiling for him to hit. Do you know what I mean? That is some props mm. from a legend. I also enjoyed, after they plugged the match, they showed the footage of the pull-apart fisticuffs yeah. at the end of TakeOver. And Triple H had to come out like, Hey! Hey! Behave! <laughs> oh, I love And did you see the progress, lads, in the corner? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> What the fuck do we do? <laughs> Smile. <laughs> we then get the tail of the tape for the Universal title match, which plays up Brock's advantage over Finn. Then there's a video package hyping up the fact that it's David versus Goliath. Cole quips, it's Balor and the Beast! Which probably inspired that Photoshop that Finn put on his Instagram. Did you see it? Funny, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this match was originally going to be Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. Yeah. Braun won the right to that match by beating Baron Corbin at TLC. Then he wound up trashing Vince McMahon's limo. I was like, what are you doing? Damn it, you're out of the match. Backstage thing behind that is Vince suddenly realised, oh, it's probably not a good idea to have Braun lose to Brock again. <laughs> No shit. <laughs> you could have done with realising that a few months ago, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. So Finn is in because apparently Brock likes wrestling smaller guys who do all the work for him. Wasn't there something to do with Braun being slightly injured as well or something like that? Or it's like his knees put out. Oh I don't know about his knees, but like he obviously he had that rotator cuff yeah. thing or whatever that made him not like wrestle a proper match at TLC. Yeah, but I mean, we'll, we'll see later on yeah. what happens with Braun. So, our sixth match with the Universal Championship on the line sees Brock Lesnar, accompanied by Paul Heyman, defending against the first Universal Champion, Finn Balor. You know like how on 205 Live, TJP just gets loads of title opportunities automatically? Just because, well, TJP, as the first ever Cruiserweight Champion, you get this opportunity now... How come Finn doesn't get a look in? You sounded like being... Knives then. <laughs> I, was tra- <laughs> I was going for um, Drake. That's very Nige. That's very Nige. <laughs> I don't understand that. And that's a frustration of mine with the main roster. Because Finn's definitely good enough. But at the moment, Vince is running it. Triple H isn't. So that's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> Finn wastes absolutely no time getting to work in this match. Double stomp to the back of Lesnar's shoulders, but then just one belly-to-belly suplex sends him all the way outside the ring. Oh, he drives Brock's stomach into the corner of the announce desk. Love a good storyline. Do you know who the last guy to take advantage of that was, Kyle? Yep. 
Big release! When he shaved his head. Yeah. <laughs> I can beat him because I have less hair. <laughs> <laughs> that buys Finn some time before Suplex City comes back into play. Finn gets a sling blade before getting absolutely clattered with a clothesline. Brock's stomach is too fucked up for him to do the German suplexes. Tries the F5. Balor turns it into a DDT for a near fall. Then three Topecon helos in a row. The shotgun drop kick and the coup de grace. But he only gets two. And Brock immediately turns the kick out into the Kimura and gets the tap out to retain his title in a really breezy 8 minutes 40 seconds. Post-match, Brock undoes all of his good work, no-selling the stomach injury, and gets back the heat that he never lost in the first place, hitting Finn with loads of Germans on the F5. Brock's stomach problems, are they real? Yes. Okay, so why doesn't any of the UFC guys take advantage of that in real life, but our guys take advantage of it in fake life. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess in actual martial arts, your guard is always up. So you have to like work over a limb anyway to get to there. And right. you just wind up concentrating on the limb because like, that's the only pickings you can get out of it yeah. anyway. That would be my theory. On it. Just a, a, a thought that I had. I like this match. The post-match antics were uh, a shame. But I loved how the stomach injury worked into limiting Brock's offence and making him go more urgently to wrapping things up and yeah. how it played in that. Yeah, it was a nice palate cleanser yeah. after the previous match. I quite like the ending of Brock almost playing possum. Of, right, I'll let you get a two count and then boom, done. That's what it, it seemed like. So yeah, I, I, I did like the finish. I rarely like Brock matches because... Well, the, the Brock matches, but... <laughs> yeah, it was it was decent because of Finn. Finn did a lot of the work. Yeah. Oh, boy. Cover your ears, Kyle. Out to join the commentary team for the main event are JBL and Jerry the King Lawler. I mean, it's not exciting, is it? Everyone's looking forward to the Men's Royal Rumble. Everyone's looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. And then Tweedledum and Tweedledee come out and you just think, oh, fuck's sake... What absolute nonsense are these two idiots going to talk about? So it's our main event, the Men's Royal Rumble. John Cena was originally advertised for this match, but he had an ankle injury or something. He's grown a lot of hair, which is... (laughs) He's got the super Saiyan Cena, apart from the bit where he's bald. (laughs) He's grown a lot of hair, and the weight of his hair has injured his neck. (laughs) (laughs) They actually attributed the injury to Drew McIntyre, the five-way for the number one contenders. So I think that would make a quite nifty WrestleMania match, Mm. to be honest. I'd be interested in that. Put Drew over. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Braun has replaced him in this match. Oh, yes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Favourites going into this one? There is only one favourite, the Kingslayer. Seth Rollins. Oh, I thought you were going to say you just got Kai then. I'm like, oh. she, she's injured in the pile, she can't wrestle. I mean, there's two favourites, but one of them isn't in this year's Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, Rollins all the way for me. I wonder maybe, like, he's had some stumbling blocks 
his feud with Ziggler lost a bit of steam. Yeah. His feud with Ambrose fell off a cliff. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they're going to lose faith in him. But I'm trying to figure out what their plan B would be. And I don't really think they had one. No, but I, I think that that's a little unfair on Seth to say, look, we're going to stick with you because we've not got a plan B. I do still think, regardless of storylines being, he's definitely been someone that, like Roman, always attested to every week. He comes, brings his 100%, brings his A-game every single week. So if someone who does that doesn't get an opportunity, then what the hell are they doing that for? So you ran the random number generator once again? I felt like I was screwed over in this. So Dave got number five, you got number 16, I got number 21. So we'll keep an eye out for those. Number one is Elias, already in the ring with his guitar. Walking with Elias. (laughs) He didn't have to walk, because he was number one. (laughs) Watching with Elias. (laughs) How convenient, the guy with the pre-match shtick. Yeah. <laughs> Gets to start the Royal Rumble. Ah, who'd have thought it? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if wrestling's fixed. <laughs> he almost plays a very special song, but he gets interrupted by number two, Double J Jeff Jarrett, in his new generation outfit. I nearly did a spit take. He looked fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> word. He definitely has grown out of that. <laughs> Elias suggests that they should do a duet, but he sucker punches him, hits the guitar to the back, never drawing a dime, and Jarrett is eliminated. Seemed like a heel turn for Elias. Yeah. Number three, last year's winner, Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm. Which kind of makes sense as to why the title change happened. Yeah. I've not seen Elias wrestle in quite a while, so I didn't realise that now he does the rope walk like The Undertaker. He does, yeah. And he calls it the walk with Elias. Yes. Number four. <laughs> you suck. Kurt Angle, get in. OG Suplex City is in session. Everyone's favourite milk warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. Dave's pick, well, not voluntarily, (laughs) (laughs) is Big E. He nearly blew out the house mics for his... (laughs) He gets hit with an angle slam, but Nakamura Kinshasa's Kurt out rather unceremoniously. Yeah. Number six, it's the new North American NXT champion, Johnny Gargano. He kind of flubs a DDT on Big E. But he's a nice slingshot spear onto Elias. Number seven, Jinder Mahal is swiftly eliminated by Johnny. Yay! (laughs) And even the Sings kind of get their own eliminations, (laughs) even though they're not part of the match. (laughs) Number eight. Kyle, Cole calls him Samoa just like you do. <laughs> oh, dear. 
does his awesome nope walk away yeah. from someone's cross body <laughs> that is brilliant I love it and he eliminates Biggie number nine Kurt Hawkins escapes the Kikina clutch by Joe and hides under the ring yep we've had this spot already yeah. come on number ten burn it down it's the hot favourite Seth Rollins oh yeah he sends Elias into the post and he tries to cling on but Seth swats his hands away and Elias gets eliminated. Number 11 is Titus O'Neil and everyone is expecting him to fuck up again. Like, here we go, here we go. <laughs> but he pauses and then follows Hawkins underneath the ring anyway. Yeah. Hawkins chases him all the way back in the ring and low bridges him out. Then Joe eliminates Hawkins. Number 12 is Kofi Kingston. And number 13 is Mustafa Ali. Goes straight for his rival, Samoa Joe, with an X-Factor. And then eliminates Shinsuke Nakamura after stealing his come-on spot. I like that. Big elimination for Mustafa. Just a sweet tornado DDT to Gargano as well. Number 14 is Dean Ambrose. Goes straight for Rollins. Kofi's nearly eliminated, but he kind of tumbles around the apron like hoo, 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 <laughs> to get back in <sighs> Dean blocks Johnny's slingshot spear with the dirty deeds and then eliminates Gargano number 15 No Way Jose is in his conga line gets eliminated straight away and immediately rejoins the conga line <laughs> I loved it number 16 Kyle it's your pick Drew McIntyre. That's what I was saying earlier. Cole puts him over for taking John Cena out of this match. He batters the lads in the conga line and hits Claymore kicks on everybody. Number 17 is Xavier Woods. He catches Kofi just as he was getting eliminated and like crab walks him back onto the apron. Yeah, it's nice. Really neat. Then Drew immediately eliminates them both. Number 18. Fucking yes! (laughs) The UK champion, Pete Dunne. Oh my God. Absolutely loved that. He hits a snap German suplex to Ali. And then X-plexes him onto McIntyre. I was looking at the people in the ring here. So many dream matches. Like Pete and Seth. Pete and Drew, Pete and Mustafa. Pete and anyone. <laughs> inject it into my veins. And then immediately another one comes out as number 19 is Andrade. Yeah. Oh. He counters the bitter end with a DDT. Number 20 is Apollo. And then number 20, my pick, fucking yes! No pick is ever truly good! No pick is ever truly evil! I knew your finger never good! Alistair Black! <laughs> Get in! He hits a double quebrada onto Seth and Pete Dunn. And he knees Ali out of midair. Then hits the black mass to eliminate Dean Ambrose! <laughs> I was just on such a high at this point in the match. Yeah. Like the mix of people that they brought in here. Yeah. Oh my god. Number 22, Kiara! Kiara, Kiara. Oh, I'm suddenly thirsty. Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> he knees 
Samoa Joe, just as Ali was trapped in the Kikina clutch. Yeah. And that allows Ali to eliminate Samoa Joe. That's two monumental eliminations in a row. Yeah. Love this match. You can't take your eyes off it. Oh, <laughs> until number 23. Oh, Barry Corbin. Although oh. he, he does hit the deepest of deep sixes to Ali. That was nice. Yeah, and he punches Apollo out to eliminate him. And <laughs> racist moment of the day as Cole confuses Apollo for Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> Number 24, Jeff Hardy, big pop. Hits twist of fate to everyone and a whisper in the wind to three guys at once. Oh my God, Pete Dunne broke Alistair Black's fingers yeah. and Alistair popped them back in. <laughs> Love it. But then, oh, fuck you, Baron Corbin eliminates Black. Boo! Boo! I'm furious at this yeah. My pick, one of my fave NXT guys ever, and fucking Barry Corbin eliminates him. A Claymore kick saves Baron from a finger snap by Pete, and Drew eliminates Pete Dunne. Uh. <laughs> Number 25 is Rey Mysterio, and he gets fed to Andrade by Corbin. I'm sure every time I see Ray, he's getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. Oh my god, he's been so amazing. Yeah, like the next time I see him, he's gonna turn sideways and just disappear. <laughs> Where the <laughs> fuck has he gone? Amazing. Imagine like uh, the Paper Mario games, but you're wrestling. You just yeah. Turn to the side to dodge. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck has he gone? <laughs> Number twenty-six, the Intercontinental Champion Bobby Lashley is eliminated in quick fashion by Seth. Bobby does not like that whatsoever and beats Seth up and spinebusters him through the announce table, which allows Seth to have a nap. No Seth sleeping chance, though. Nope. Because everybody knows what's coming next and everybody wants what's coming next to happen. That's the difference between an audience wanting something to an audience not wanting something. Number 27, it's Braun! And he eliminates Corbin and Benjamin. Then Drew eliminates Jeff Hardy. As number 28, Dolph Ziggler arrives. To the surprise of no one. Despite him claiming in interviews earlier on in the week that he was on hiatus from WWE. (laughs) However, he he is now on hiatus. (laughs) Drew headbutts Braun, and that's enough of a distraction... For Dolph to sneak in and eliminate Drew. Now I know that Drew was my pick, but yes! (laughs) The problem was, when Drew came out and I knew he was my pick, I just knew that he wasn't going to win. Oh well. Oh well. Awkward silence on commentary as JBL name drops AWE's latest signing, Chris Jericho. (laughs) God. Number 29, Randy Orton. Then they get a massive Tower of Doom spot involving Braun, Andrade, Ray, and Ali. And then Braun collides with the ring post, which sends him to the outside. Yeah. Number 30, the other half of the winning Mixed Match Challenge team, R-Truth, gets battered in the middle of his rap by Nia Jax! And she enters the Royal Rumble instead! Holy fucking shit! Now, apparently, she fucking leathered R-Truth. Nia is battering everyone this is great the intrigue here everyone's on tenterhooks like what is going to happen now she even eliminates Mustafa Ali it takes a super kick from Dolph a 619 from Ray and an RKO by Orton for Ray and Orton to be able to double team her out of the ring 
On the second attempt. Um, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's still in the aim and Ray's like, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Orton then eliminates Ray, and then immediately from behind, Andrade eliminates Orton, which pairs us down to our final four. Dolph Ziggler, Andrade, and still outside the ring recuperating are Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Everyone piles on Braun when he finally gets back in the match, but he powers up and tosses Andrade out of the ring to eliminate him. Seth then sneaks back in while Braun eliminates Dolph, only to get chokeslammed. The power slam is escaped, and Rollins headlocks Braun onto the apron, a la Redacted in 2004. Yeah. Then stomps him into the apron to eliminate Braun and win his first Royal Rumble match in 57 minutes, 35 seconds. Burn it down! <laughs> Love it. Sometimes the most predictable winner that makes sense the most is just the best yeah. thing to do. Yeah, what do you make to this, Kyle? I thought it was really good. Really nice spots. Even the corny ones with Nowhere Jose that are just like beyond ridiculous you know even they worked so I've got no negative stuff really about the rumble and the finish was correct yeah it was nice nice that the NXT guys got their own little spotlight I think they got eliminated at the right times yeah I just think everything clicked yeah this was just a massive fan service match for me they had a great mix of guys involved but it was a bit more filler in the field as opposed to the, the women's match but that just led to some really nice, light-hearted spots that yeah. really appreciate this late in the evening. A few people kind of left the match like a little unceremoniously, like Jeff Hardy, Kurt Angle, like in the mix as other people coming out. But that's to be expected when you had so many plot points running through this match. You know, the Elias heel turn, Gargano getting former WWE champion Jinder Mahal out. Yeah. Mustafa getting former Royal Rumble winner Shinsuke Nakamura and his main rival Samoa Joe out. Alistair Black eliminating former WWE champion Dean Ambrose. Andrade eliminating Randy Orton. And at the very end, Nia Jax entering, yeah. setting the wrestling world abuzz. Ace way to close the show. Yeah. Really, really pleased with it. 100%. I think the Women's Royal Rumble delivered the story better at the end and yeah. more of like a feel good moment I think this match used the field of entrance a bit more than the women's did yeah the women's rumble was very eagledy piggledy until the last run whereas the men's was planned out from the beginning so as far as the top performers of the match go the Iron Men Lasting the longest in fifth place, Drew McIntyre. Lasted 20 minutes and six seconds. Fourth was Andrade. He lasted 22 minutes, 31 seconds. Then Joe in third, lasting 23, 43. Second was Mustafa, who lasted half an hour. And number one, the winner, Seth Rollins, who lasted 43 minutes, 26. Brilliant. As far as eliminations go, in joint fifth were Mustafa Ali and Baron Corbin, each getting two out. Joint third are Rollins and Samoa Joe. Each got three eliminations. Second, Drew McIntyre with four. And then in first place, once again, Braun with five. 
he's very quickly on his way to like matching or beating Kane's record of most eliminations. Yes. Yeah. Especially if this greatest Royal Rumble is going to be canon now. Mm. Which I'm not amused by. No. If they're going to make the greatest Royal Rumble canon, what about the corporate Royal Rumble from 1999? Yeah. What about the Smackdown Royal Rumble for 2004? Yep. Hashtag justice for corporate rumble. Yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts on the show, Kyle. What was your favourite match from the night? Who was your standout performer? Favourite match of the night, I'm going to go old school and say it was the Men's Royal Rumble. And my standout was Mustafa Ali. I just think that since he arrived on 205 and his progress through 205 up to the main roster... The stuff that they gave him during the Rumble, you know, his stuff after the Rumble, he's just getting better and better and better. So he's he's my MVP of the Rumble. This is a tremendous show. Much like last year, the two Rumble matches delivered, but the undercard had much improved from last year. Mm. I really enjoyed the Universal title match. Both are women's title matches, excellent. WWE title match had its moments. It was like an exhausting point. So it was only really the, the tag title match that I was like neither here nor yeah. there about. Yeah, I find it really, really hard to pick between the two Royal Rumbles or the SmackDown Women's title match for Match of the Night. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to just edge it with the Women's Royal Rumble because I've never seen... You know, like a culmination of a story come off so well in so long. The standout performer for me, this was the Becky Lynch show. Yeah. Excellent match with Asuka. The emotions that she drew you in with at the end. She's standing up to Charlotte, even though her knee is hurt. Just unbelievable. She's the talk of the wrestling world for a reason. Yeah, I've got to agree with that with regards to to storyline and and saying that Becky's the main winner of the the Rumble. That'll wrap up the show for this time around. So remember, you can follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast or on Instagram at TNW underscore podcast. You can keep track of all of our news. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio or Spotify. Give us a rating or review and help us work our way up to the algorithm. We're still on Facebook, apparently. I'll see you every now and again. <laughs> I got a, a, a free advert credit to promote one of our posts and <laughs> it slacked me off. A, oh, there's a distressing wording in this. You might want to change it. <laughs> what was the distressing wording? I don't know, but I took out pros and cons and it like didn't it. complain after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it was confusing cons for convicts. Yeah. <laughs> Retweet us, give us a share. We also have a Ko-Fi tips jar, ko-fi.com forward slash Venna, whatever I think it is. It's on the links to our Instagram page anyway, so you can find that. Next time! Well, there's more history in the making this Sunday, Kyle. (laughs) There is. History! First ever Women's Tag Team Champions crown, so we're going to do our best to get us covering the Elimination Chamber 2019. Yes. We'll keep you abreast on that. It's a goodbye from Kyle. Uh, Goodbye. I will see you next time. It's a goodbye from me. I'll catch you down the road.